0: Hello and welcome to episode 64 of the Ego Chow Podcast. My name is Preston Byers, and as always, I'm joined by my co host Justin Minkowski. And on today's episode, we are previewing the second Call of Duty League major of the 2023 season, on top of recapping the final week of qualifying matches heading in to the second major of the CDL season. But before we do any of that, how are you doing, Bink?
1: I'm doing all right. Had a few banger matches this weekend looking forward to the
0: next week ahead and ready to talk about it all yeah let's get right into it uh we're going to start with the the matches from the last week of the uh the qualifiers and then we'll head into the major but we're not going to spend too too much time On these last few matches because of course uh, the major is really what matters in all of this a lot of cdo points at stake a lot more money at stake um and you know a lot of prestige that goes along with these majors so jumping in uh we had friday january 27th the uh to start the last week of qualifiers florida versus london vegas versus new york atlanta versus lag um so florida beats london 3-2 in a series that i think we both thought could go either way because there's a lot of uncertainty around both of these rosters having just made roster changes and then the vegas new york one was kind of something that we had both You know, seeing, obviously, uh, New York, one of the best teams in the league, and Vegas has been struggling mightily in uh, several different game modes. Uh, But the Atlanta-LAG match was definitely something that we were interested in, uh, particularly because Arsties was playing his first match against Atlanta FaZe after winning a world championship in 2021 with them and getting to the grand finals of the world championship in 2022 with FaZe before being replaced by Slasher and moving to the Gorillas um let's start off with the la uh lag atlanta match and then we'll just briefly discuss the other two matches what stood out to you um in, in this match atlanta wins 3-2 a reverse sweep um and what do you think of our in his first match uh in what we consider to be a revenge match of sorts uh, against his old team
1: yeah i think this this match definitely lived up to the hype um, we talked about it on our previous show that, you know, we, we were both picking Atlanta for the sake of the pick em, but but um, the implications of the revenge game and the potential for um, LAG to cause a major upset was there, especially taking into consideration three-fourths of this uh, new LAG team was on the LAG Academy team that played Phase very tightly at Major 1, mm-hmm. which was also a 3-2 series. So uh, this was definitely a winnable series for LAG. They took the first two maps, of uh, the embassy hardpoint 250 to 233. Um, I don't. I might have been like a. I don't think it was like a late comeback, but I think they like it was probably like a 230 to 210 situation. Atlanta got in the hole and lag, then was able to capitalize or something. I, I could be misremembering, but it was a close one nonetheless. Uh, then the second search wasn't necessarily close. It was 6-2, but then Atlanta pulls off the reverse sweep by winning 3-1 to LSE Low Control, 250-102 to 102 in the Mercado Hard Point, so almost 100-point club there. Um, but then arguably the most impressive victory for them is the 6-5 win, Game 5, Round 11 on LSE Low Search. They were down 4-0, I believe, and then 5-2 to LAG. So again, very winnable for LAG, even though... Uh, they lost the two maps before it. They definitely had the game in their grasp. Uh, Atlanta was just able to clutch up. That's what you expect out of a veteran team like that going against uh, up against a team with, you know, obviously RCDs um, and Assault, even though he's been in Challengers recently, has uh, plenty of experience. But, um, you know, you expect the veteran squad like uh, Atlanta to clutch up like that in, in a winnable match. So, yeah. Um, I think this one lived up to the hype we were expecting, and it just shows um, one of the things we were talking about last week was this being a way to kind of grade LAG's performance. Um, I'm pretty sure they were undefeated in hard point heading into uh, this week of the qualifiers, and then we were talking about how playing against Atlanta and Toronto would be two much tougher tests for them to test that hard point. They were able to win one hard point, but obviously uh, couldn't take both of them, and then they lose one of the searches to Atlanta. But... Uh, nonetheless, this is a series, although they weren't able to close it out, it's it's one that has me excited for uh, LAG's potential on LAN.
0: Yeah, I was I was very interested in this match because LAG had been very bad in control with this new roster, uh, but like you mentioned, very good in hard point, and then FaZe has been very good in search and destroy all year, so it really came down to, uh, in my mind, I thought it'll come down to who wins the hard points. Like, if If LAG is able to uh, steal the first hard point, and uh, obviously if they stole uh, the first search and destroy, even if they didn't get the hard point, I think that would have been a a big killer to uh, FaZe. Um, But when you look at the series and you see that FaZe actually lost the first search um, and they were able to still win, and it was pretty convincing, uh, a very convincing win um, in game four on Mercado, uh, and then they clutch up the the round 11 S&D win in game 5. Uh I think this is a, a, a obviously a very good win for Phase. Um it, this week really made me reevaluate where or how much uh stock I should put into these online matches because the results were so crazy and I didn't I don't understand how one day some teams can be you know look like the best in the world and then they the next day they are absolute trash I don't understand how that works um, other than this game just being very um, very random at times but I think for if we're going to put any stock into this match it's a, a good performance for laG to win that search and destroy uh, in, on hotel but also uh, you would have uh, like for them to win the series as a whole if you're going to steal uh, a, a game mode out of Phase's uh, best game mode. Um, but yeah, overall, good win for FaZe. Uh, any other thoughts before we discuss the Vegas stuff? Uh, Vegas versus New York and Florida versus London?
1: Uh, no, not necessarily. I, I think for Florida versus London... Um, This was Dave Patty's first match with Florida. Um, They were able to win in the style that they have all season by doing the Neslo by winning their searches. Um, Notably, the one play that stuck out to me was uh, Major Maniac's three-piece with a sniper. I believe it was a 1v3. It might not have been a full 1v3, but I'm pretty sure it was. um, Had a 1v3 or or just a three-piece with a sniper in one round. That was kind of the dagger uh, in the Game 5 on Embassy to close things out for Florida there. Um they did, however, lose both hard points, and that was you know a talking point for us in the previous week when we were talking about the brac uh, change, Brack being replaced for Dave Patty to us logically with Brack performing statistically incredibly well this year for F- Florida. Um, the only point I know myself that I was bringing up was thinking that Florida must think that Dave Patty will help them. Uh, improve in hard point, and obviously this is just one match we're talking about here, so it's limited sample size with Dave Patty but uh, they still lost both hard points even with Dave Patty so it could be a bigger issue for the team. It's just, again, something we're going to have to uh, keep looking out for, but if they keep playing well in search, um, they just have to find a way to get to the Game 5 somehow, so um, that's all really for that Florida-London match, and then uh, Vegas versus New York is a pretty convincing 3-0 there. The uh, first hard point, 250 to 226 was a close one, but then it was 6-2 in the search and 3-0 in the control. So uh, not much to talk about there. It was a pretty convincing win from the reigning major champs.
0: Yeah, so uh, we talked about this Vegas-New York one. We don't really have a lot to say because this was an expected result. Uh, Maybe not necessarily a 3-0 because Vegas has been good in search this year, but a win for New York is not unexpected. Um, Saturday... Vegas also plays their their second match of the week. Uh, they play against Optic, who at the time uh, was gunning for the number one seed, uh, undefeated if I remember correctly, heading in uh, in these qualifiers uh, so far. And Vegas is able to upset Optic. Um, and it's, it's very weird how they do this because you would think with Vegas being very good in search and horrible in the rest, you would expect they some form of like two five maybe one or obviously if they win one they have to win one of the respawns but you would expect them to win uh, both searches and that's really the only way well in this series not quite uh they actually lose the search and destroy and win the first three respawns um what do you think about that because we both picked optic as any sane person would Uh, Heading into this because Vegas has looked like uh, it's very hard to put it into words how bad they looked in respawn, how Claser has been publicly questioning himself uh, in respawn, and if you look at how badly he did in the control map against uh, New York on Friday, I think he had a 0.5 KD and they got swept in control, got swept in the series as a whole, Uh, and they've just been really bad uh, in everything but search, and then here they they pretty much flip the script on optic optic pretty much flips the script on themselves they win the search but don't want anything else uh what do you think of this series between vegas and optic
1: yeah i think that was the, the most surprising thing aside from the actual outcome was how they got it done um i put in the note the, the notes to reverse optic because obviously in the past we're, we're talking about historic optic lineups that are usually able to get 3-1 wins by winning the responds and losing the search uh, that's what happens to them here and like you were mentioning that's not necessarily how you would expect Vegas to pull off an upset if you were even counting on Vegas to pull off this upset um, so not necessarily it's you know again one of those things you kind of just mentioned we talked about it a lot last year in Vanguard just how uh, the game could be a coin flippy situation where one day a team's on point and the next day another team's on point and, and you really don't know what to expect so um, I don't know if I had too much to take away from this game, especially considering what happened the following day of the weekend, I think this just might have been an off match. I think actually, um I was watching scum's watch party, and they were talking about how, oh wait, that might have been on Sunday, yeah, I think it was on Sunday, Got so the never mind. up right. um yeah, um I wasn't sure but, which one, yeah, regardless, um it's a good win for Vegas, I think. They somebody tweeted that it was the first time paris slash vegas beat the optic franchise um I don't know if that counts o g l a or if it counts chicago slash optic um, but I think I saw something like that, so regardless, it was a big win for uh vegas, and you know even even if they're starting the loser's bracket for this major I think they're they're already despite struggling still this year that they're already having you know a little more success than in years past, so um going to be tough for them to make a loser's run, but uh, looking forward to seeing what they can do because obviously they have the potential to pull it off when they're playing at their best. It's it's just going to be able... It's going to come down to whether they're able to consistently put together performances like they did against a, a squad like Optic here. Um, and, you know, that that's what every team looks to do is put together consistent performances like this because then
0: you're in good shape. Yeah, definitely. Um, another team... That was trying to find a little more consistency was Toronto heading into their uh, first match of the week against LAG. Obviously, we we talked about LAG. Um, they finished the first day with a loss to Atlanta, a close loss. Uh, but then they start the second day against Toronto, um, who was looking to bounce back. And, uh, you know, like... I guess we should just talk about LAG as a whole because of this week Uh, they were heading in looking very good. And we said last week that this was their proving ground this week Um, as much as an online week of call of duty matches can be, I guess, because there's so much inconsistency and randomness involved. But we thought, okay, these two teams, Atlanta and Toronto are very good barometers for how good LAG could be um, and where they are now. They come up short against both, uh, 3-2 against Atlanta, 3-1 against Toronto. Um, Not particularly close in this series. Um, They did win the opening hard point, but then lost Mercado Search, and then uh, were swept in control, and then they were 100-point clubbed in the the final hard point. So what are your takeaways from LAG's week and uh, Toronto's win here against LAG?
1: Again, going back to the match for LAG against Atlanta, they they showed some signs that they're able to take a hard point here off a really good hard point team in in Toronto. Um, But obviously Toronto just kicked it into another gear and, and took control, especially in... Uh, the MAPS 3 and 4, just pure domination out of them, which is what we expected and what a lot of people probably expected. Uh, Toronto's looking really strong, especially after this win, and, and they were able to get a, a convincing hard point win against a team that had been playing well in hard point in the qualifiers with their new roster. So um, I, I think, again, this, this has me having higher expectations for LAG heading into the major. Uh, you know, they won major two last year, I'm not going there here with uh this them this year, but you know, I, I think obviously after uh well top twelve placing it at major one. Um top twelve is obviously the lowest you can get at major two. So I, I think it's not a stretch to say that I'm expecting them to place better uh, at major two than they did at major one. And uh I, I have high expectations for Toronto at this event as well.
0: Uh nothing to really say about the Florida Boston one I'm assuming because both these teams are well Florida were we're not entirely sure because it's pretty early into this new roster with Dave Patty, um, with Boston. I think that they, I, I in my view, they're probably around in the same position they were last year uh, in the early part of the year where they could probably be a good team, but... You know, typically not. And I think they will beat up on the lower ranked teams in the league, the lower tier teams. And I would probably consider Florida to be in that group. Uh, They end up beating uh, Florida here 3-1. Not that surprising. We both picked Boston. Any thoughts before we uh, talk about the Seattle-New York match? Just
1: point out Florida actually was able to win a hard point, but then they lost the next three maps after that um it was the big wake away uh big wake revenge game even though it's not like he got dropped or anything from florida but it was big wakes first match against his former organization of multiple years um and then that not not much to talk about is a, a good win for boston and obviously still still early for florida but they did win one hard point with this new squad but they lose a search at the cost of that so uh still too early to tell for me on florida but we'll see how they do at the major
0: Let's talk about Seattle versus New York. Uh, Very very Seattle-ish performance here. Uh, Very low expectations going in. And then they just beat one of the best teams, arguably the best team. Um, And I I just don't know what to make of this team. I don't know if it's just an online thing. Um, They're in Seattle, correct? Like, they're based out of Seattle? Texas, I believe. okay. Okay, so there is no excuse for them to, like... I guess because if i was if I was thinking uh they're in Seattle, okay, like you're West Coast I mean we've all heard the horror stories of like West Coast cod players and how they have to deal with online, but I think both of these teams are based in Texas, and then it's like what I mean there's probably not like a gigantic difference um if you're based on the same server i don't know what to make like what do you think it is with seattle why they're like this is not just a new thing either this is last year they would go very high go very low go very high go very low and they finish on a high this year it's been a very high uh, high note to get second in the first major but they've been really bad since then what do you attribute to that
1: I think they might just be a land team, to be honest. And I mean, obviously, they could prove me wrong at this upcoming land. But um, if they have another good placing this weekend on land, then I'm I'm gonna have no choice but to just attribute it to, to online struggles. Um, it makes no sense to me, especially their struggles in search. They they've now after after this match, uh, they played one more match on Sunday, and they're 0-12 in online searches this weekend, which is just ridiculous um i think some they went like four and five or five and four or something like that at major one in search so it's not like uh, they haven't won a search all year but online they've just struggled in search and that's not a recipe for success unless you're able to win three respawns against the reigning major champions
0: <laughs> yeah their their online stats 10 and 7 in hardpoint zero and 12 in search Five and four in control. So it, it doesn't seem to affect them too mu- too much in the, the respawns. They they have above five hundred win percentage in uh hard point and control. Um but just 0 and twelve in search, that's like that that doesn't seem almost possible, uh, to like be a top level team to have so much of this talent, to have the Iceman himself accuracy. Yeah. Um and and i just looked at their land stats they were 7 and 4 uh in hard point 4 and 5 in search and 5 and 2 in control so that would indicate that search is of the three game modes their weakest but sure. that's uh, again a, a, also a small sample size but still 4 and 5 versus 0 oh and 12 seems to be a gigantic difference in- and
1: y- you think about it, even in the prior year in Vanguard, there were a lot of, you know, you brought up the Iceman. There were a lot of moments where he was able to pull off ninja defuses. Yeah. And not to say ninja defuses are flukes or anything, but obviously it, it is, if you're unlikely. able to get a 7.5 second defuse without anybody on the other team checking while they're alive, that's um, more unlikely, like you said, than, um, you know, actually killing all four players on the other team and getting the defuse. So, um, Yeah, I I really don't know. They have a really good S&D coach and equip um, who was with them. I don't know if he was with them for all of last year, but he was definitely with them for part of last year. And then he re-signed with them, uh, not initially to start the season, but I think like midway through the qualifiers. So um they, they got to figure out something, but uh, they, they obviously have the talent and the slaying power to compete in Respawn. If, if they're able to just take one of these searches in, in these qualifier matches, they can we could be talking about a completely different record for them here because, you know, if they're slaying now in the Respawns, they, a very big difference there from losing 3-2 in some scenarios to because you can't win both searches to you know potentially looking at 3-0-3-1s because you're able to at least steal the search.
0: Yeah, I assume that's exactly what we're talking about. This kind of uh, almost coin flip um, right now with their search is the reason they lose to Minnesota. They they lose like right after beating New York, uh, arguably the best team in the league. I think they have to be considered the best just based on it's been the only land of the year. Yeah, and we can't put too much stock in any online Call of Duty. So like they they beat the the best team. And then they lose to Minnesota, who I think can be very good, but at land they didn't really show their, their potential uh, to be honest, and online they've been hit and miss. Um, so you're just are you just attributing this kind of coin flip online uh, you know possible like online disadvantage like uh, they're just not a la- or a, they are a land team, they're not an online team. Is that what you think is going on here with the Minnesota match?
1: I I really don't know what this is. I'm just as speechless as I was earlier for this one, just because like, they, they go from beating the, the the arguably best team in the game, like you said, the reigning major champs. Can't be argued there. Um, they, they beat them 3-1, winning three respawns and notably two hard points. And then they go up against Minnesota literally the very next match, so less than 24 hours after they just beat a really good team and they lose all three or they don't lose all three response but they they lose another search and both hard points to minnesota which is a team we talked about last week i really didn't know what to expect out of minnesota because they had an up and down week and like you said they they haven't looked the best even though they have a lot of talent on paper so um yeah just a weird one for me i think seattle's got to try to turn the page and, and look to make a run here at the major um uh, if Minnesota is able to take this win and, and use it to get some momentum heading into the major, that could be good for their roster too. Otherwise, I think if Minnesota has another uh, tough performance at the major, we they might be looking to make a change. I don't I don't know what the change would be or anything like that, but I I wouldn't be surprised. Minnesota has been one of those teams throughout its existence in the C D L that's been a little more proactive than some of these other teams, in my opinion, and they're, they're willing to. Uh, make changes. Notably in, in Cold War, they they went out and got standy and then they're able to pull off the Minnesota Miracle two majors later. So, um, yeah, I, I really I don't know what to say. This is one that just was mind blowing to me, especially coming off of Seattle's win over New York, but um, good win for Minnesota. They're, they're able to take care of business and pretty sure they, they locked
0: up a uh, winner's bracket spot because of that win. So um, better than starting in losers. Before we discuss the most anticipated match of the week, let's check in with the LA Thieves because we didn't really get to talk about them uh, too much uh, so far in this episode. And we'll talk, obviously, more about each individual team, well, most individual teams, probably not too much more on London uh, in this in the major preview. But uh, LAT versus Boston, second to last match of the week. Um, very, very interesting match. Uh, it was really a tale of two halves essentially. You have the first two maps, Boston looks incredible. They, you know, win by more than 100 points in hardpoint, 6 1 in search, uh, and then a very uh close three final maps um 3 2 control, a 30 point win for LAT on hardpoint, and then a round 11 search win going toward LAT for a reverse sweep. Um, I think this kind of, this, uh, as much as an online match could, obviously this makes me still believe that Boston is a, you know, a a very good, like gatekeeper, essentially they are like to be in like the top five, top six, you have to beat them like consistently and anybody else below them, they probably can beat most times. Uh, and LAT is right around the top five, top six at the moment, because they have been really inconsistent so far this season. What did you make of this series? Because this is essentially LAT's 2022 season in a nutshell, start off looking pretty bad and then, but, but finish strong and get the win.
1: Yeah, it it was almost a must win for them because I believe this win is what clinched them a spot in the winner's bracket as well. So, um, Again, better than starting in losers bracket. So, um, well, we were both thinking about. Uh, well, actually, you, you picked L.A. thieves I was thinking Boston because we, had, we were just coming off the Kenny situation where he was sick. We didn't even know if he was going to play this week, um, but obviously, that wasn't a major factor here because L.A. thieves were able to uh, stay composed and um pull off a reverse sweep. Kenny did have the lowest KD in the series, when seventy three and ninety four for a point seven eight. So maybe he's not feeling the best still. Who really knows? Um, but regardless, it was a big win for LA Thieves. Uh, Nero did play well, I, I, believe, or, or, no, I believe. Yeah, I think he went 16-8 in the Game 5, which is, is tough for uh, losing a Game 5 when you teams up 2-0. So it was a strong performance out of Nero in the Game 5 in particular. But yeah, I, th- I think Boston obviously would have preferred to have this win heading into their major just to have the momentum, but th- they can take some things away from this. Um, and... You know, I, I I expect Boston to uh, potentially perform better than they did at the last major, considering the circumstances there where awakening was ill and they had to bring in beans and all that. So uh, they have a tough first round matchup. but um i I think Boston is in a better spot. And then kind of, you know we we, didn't really know what to think about Boston heading into this set of qualifiers a couple of weeks ago, just because the last time we saw them was at that major where they had uh, the awakening situation where he wasn't able to play and was too ill and, and all that. So um, th- th- I think this proved that Boston has the potential, kind of like you said, middle of the pack team and you want to, you know, get into that next echelon. You got to go through them sort of thing. So um, it, it was an important win for LA Thieves though. And and despite um, them getting the win, both of these teams have pretty tough opening round matchups that we'll, we'll talk about uh, in a little bit. Um, and coincidentally, their opening round matchups are against the two teams that we'll talk about in this next match.
0: Yeah, so Atlanta phase Optic, finish out the week, finish out this set of qualifying matches, and a pretty important match to end the week on. Um, both teams were uh, coming in, they were 3-1 and one. Uh, for the qualifying matches, meaning they would, uh, the winner would tie the Toronto Ultra for the top record, uh, for the in the standings. The other team would drop into this massive tiebreaker situation with the the other three and two teams. Um, I, I believe it was essentially. I don't think FaZe had a shot at the number one seed because of their map record, if I'm not mistaken, because they didn't play Toronto in this set of qualifying matches. So I believe they were playing for the two seed, if I'm not mistaken, and Optic had the opportunity to uh, get the top seed because they had beaten uh, Toronto in the head-to-head earlier in this qualifying series. Uh, That being said, it came down to um, a Game 5, Round 10 uh, on Albagra. Optic end up winning this series. A very uh, tough win for them, to be honest. Uh, They lose pretty convincingly in hard point and search to start off and then mount this very improbable reverse sweep, 3-2 control, a 250-248 to hotel hard point win, and then they win 6-4 in search to secure the series and the top seed uh, heading into major two. Uh, give me your thoughts on this as Optic lock up the number one seed for the second major.
1: Yeah, so we, we were kind of hinting at it earlier because I, I couldn't remember what day it was on, but in the in the Optic watch party, they were uh, talking about some potential technical issues or power issues in the, uh, the room where the team was playing, and that, that could have led to some... Uh, potential delays in them getting warmed up or just, you know, a lack of practice heading into the match, which could be attributed to um, them losing those first two maps. But nonetheless, regardless of whatever was happening there, they the fact that um, this is still a very new squad with this four-man team without Skump, Um and they were able to, you know, stay resilient and make a, a, an impressive an impressive hard fought comeback against a very strong phase team. Uh that speaks volumes. And you know, this is this is after a, a, a unexpected loss to Vegas, but that Vegas loss came off a 2 0 week the week prior. I don't remember the teams they played off the top of my head, but I know um it was you know it was an impressive two 0 week out of Optic the the previous week. So uh things are looking good for this new squad and um they're obviously able to close this one out to secure that first seed uh, gets them a matchup with LA thieves in the HBR classic in the first round of the winner's bracket at the major, which should be an absolute banger considering both teams are coming off hard fought reverse sweeps in their last online matches before the major.
0: Yeah. um, Really incredible series to finish off this week and a really weird few weeks for optic from the, obviously a very disappointing first major then to winning the first match of their qual- uh, first qualifier then scump retiring very suddenly and to win uh 3 of the 4 matches since then with their only loss being a very weird uh loss to <laughs> Vegas of all teams um yeah very weird for optic but uh, a good result obviously and i'm sure a lot of optic fans will be in Boston uh, this weekend to support their team. And I, I'm sure there will be a stat like this is the first tournament since whatever that Scump has not a part, not been a part of optic. It's probably like 2012, 2011, maybe like when they went to Apex for like a little bit, like so Egl Nine or something like that. Uh, uh, because I don't think they played a tournament. Uh, when he briefly left for Envy and Ghosts, nope. so he just played a 2K. Yeah, so it, I, I'd have to think it's probably like this, the EGL tournament. So I, I
1: was trying to think about it. It would be the first CDL event mm-hmm. without Scump on Optics since OGLA. If you don't count OGLA, uh, yeah. it's essentially the first any major COD tournament without Scump since 2011. Yeah when when he was on leverage
0: oh yeah leverage yep yeah i was looking through his uh there's so many tournaments that it's hard to even get through so his i guess he was yeah so frag cup three was the last uh tournament that or i guess umg fort lee would have been the last one, but he was playing with Nadeshot, Twiz, and Too Quick, uh, some names from the past that I I'm sure new fans would not be familiar with. Um, but yeah, so uh, a really long time, over a decade uh, of tournaments with Optic, um, Scump in uh, the lineup, uh, just a very weird thing. But I'm sure we will get confirmation from the the CDO broadcast team. That just seems like too big of a stat to go missed uh, this week at the second major of the season. Um, let's talk about major two. Let's bring up the bracket.
1: Just real quick while you do that too, I just yeah. want to give a shout out. Dashie absolutely fried in the series. Had a uh, 1.42 KD, uh, the only positive KD on optic. Which tough, hard fought series. So. Uh, you can really throw the stats out the window, but he went 115 and 81. Um, I know last year I was doing that running thread where I was keeping track of uh, who had the highest kills in a best of five. Um, haven't been doing that this year, obviously, but I feel like 115 is the highest number I've seen for a uh, best of five in this game so far. So could be wrong on that, but uh, nonetheless, it's it's a very impressive series out of dashy and high slag number there.
0: Yep. So let's talk about the second major. Uh, obviously, in Boston, um, you will be in attendance uh, for most of this weekend, and a very uh, or all of this weekend, really. But um, just a, a, I'm very excited for this one because I want to see what optic looks like on land. Uh, for most, like most importantly of, uh, of all, without Scump in their roster, it's been like we just mentioned over a decade since we've seen something like that, and there are so many questions about many teams in this tournament uh you know you have to think about seattle they've they're going to start in the losers bracket because their online results have been so abysmal um the vegas legion have you know where we focus more on them than most people do in the cdl uh landscape because you know vegas is winning champs but they are I don't know, like they seem like they should be better than they are, but they also seem like they should be worse than they are just based on some of the results. Um, And then who knows what the top of the CDL looks like at the moment because Optic can be one of the top teams if the online results are to be believed. But you still have to consider New York, Bays, LAT maybe, depending on what kind of LAT shows up. Uh, Minnesota and Toronto I don't think can be counted out either um where do you want to start with the major what what do you want to uh, specifically talk about as we head toward it because we can't really make a ton of predictions other than the first round matchups
1: I just I I think the best way to start off is I, I I feel very confident in saying this is the least confident I've ever been in making predictions heading into a tournament I can't think of another major where I I didn't feel like there was a clear-cut winner in my head, which, you know, obviously for the last couple of years, we've, we've been picking phase to win a lot of these tournaments. And even mm-hmm. if they don't, uh, they usually perform well. But, you know, maybe it's these recent online matches just messing with my head. I don't know. But, like, looking at these matchups, I, I feel like I know who should win, but then you never know what's actually going to happen. So uh, I, I, I really don't know what to expect from this major. And I think that's part of the reason why I'm so excited for it because I feel like, you know, even you look at a match here like New York – rocker you you fully expect new york to just take care of business there and move on but who knows new york is coming off that loss against seattle and then minnesota just beat seattle so um yeah i i really i i don't know what to expect and that has me really excited for all of these matches
0: Yeah, we we literally start the tournament, or start the first round at least, with Optic LAT in the first round, where I think people were saying, should Optic have lost their final match of the week, because I think they were going to be matched up with... Boston. Oh yeah, so it was going to be Boston, and then, uh, yeah, like so either Boston or LAT, I mean, LAT and Boston had a very, very close series right before Optic uh, went against FaZe, I think there's always going to be discussion among fans. Should a team throw this? Should a team try to get a more enticing seed, even if it is a worse seed overall? What are your thoughts on that debate between Optic going against LAT and them going against Boston?
1: I I've I don't know if I've ever actually talked about it on – the podcast, I feel like we have, but I I just hate that mindset. Like, you know, not that I've competed at the level that these guys have, but even in, in sports and real life and something like that, you're, if you're playing something competitive, you're you're always trying to win, and I I can't imagine myself ever like going into a baseball game actively trying to lose, and um I I don't think that's something that a lot of COD players would do. That no matter what the outcome results in. Um I, I feel like, you know, a storied matchup, especially like Optic versus Phase, which has a ton of viewers, no no matter where it's being streamed and it's just a historic matchup in COD history, a new Optic squad trying to prove that uh, they're able to, that, you know, they're they're still able to be one of the top dogs even without the legend of Scump. So um, I, I really, I, I don't think that's a good mindset to have. And I don't think it's a mindset that Optic did have heading into this. I could be wrong, but um, obviously they're able to pull off the reverse sweep. And if if they were going into it, trying to lose it, probably would have been a 3-0 for FaZe. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I don't think that's a good mindset for a competitor. And I, I don't really like that. Uh, thought process: If it is something that actually happens, then not much you can really do about it. But just just question the actual um, thought process behind it. But um, I and I wouldn't be surprised if it actually backfired. You know, we we could be yeah. here talking about it like Optic loses the match to Phase to think they get a matchup against Boston and then they lose to Boston because even if you think Boston is a worse team than. LA Thieves right now. This is still Boston's first major, the first CDL event in Boston ever. Um, Boston sports fans are extremely passionate, and obviously we don't know what a home event for them looks like until Thursday, but um, I I would be very surprised if Boston fans don't show up in droves and are supporting them. And now, obviously, you got going up against a green wall, the the crowd's probably a little less split there, but... um, it's still – that could have been an interesting matchup. I I, I don't think um, – I, I just don't think that that's something that crossed their minds. And I could be wrong, but you it know, doesn't really matter at this point now because uh, it worked out the other way.
0: It probably didn't cross their minds. It, 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 if they were trying to throw it, they did it really poorly. And I think it's more <laughs> of a, a fan theory or like, oh, this is what they should do. It's kind of like uh, armchair quarterbacking. Like, oh, that's what they should do. That's what, you know, it would be the best option for them. But sometimes, like, there are few circumstances where I think that is probably correct, where you probably would want, and maybe it's not just Call of Duty, maybe it's another uh, sport where you feel like you could get a more favorable matchup. It happens, like, in the NBA playoffs, teams that are at the end of the season, they're trying to, like, not really wear themselves out at the very end of a regular season heading into the playoffs and they're okay with kind of throwing away games to get a better matchup I think the 76ers did it last year and it I mean obviously went to crap for them because Toronto played him really well and then Embiid broke his face and they they got bounced in the playoffs I think in the second round um And I think that could have happened with Optic here too. They're so new into this roster. They've only had four matches together heading into the phase. That would have been three online matches. And I think Illy was only there for the final two, if I'm not mistaken. So there's so much change happening. Um, They're still trying to adjust to this post-Scump era of Optic. I don't think it would have been in their benefit to throw any match regardless of if it was against phase if it was against vegas whether it was against florida it doesn't matter i think they did what was best for them and that is play as hard as physically possible try to win the game because beating phase uh even if it's online even if uh you would have had a pretty good matchup in the first round of the major regardless of result it's still a good thing to uh, a good thing to do it's a good thing to get people your fans get them hyped up about beating phase who you know obviously is their biggest rival in the league um i guess lat maybe i don't know um i consider phase to be a much more direct rival of optic and lat to be kind of like almost a a you know like a cousin of optic because of nade shot and the connection that he has with optic um, but that being said, like this idea that you should do things that are more favorable, it's like, you're probably going to have to beat the thieves. If the thieves are good, you're going to have to beat them anyway. Like really, um, if Boston is good, you're going to have to beat them anyway. The the only thing is with the second round matchup, if optic beat LAT and New York beat Minnesota, like we think they should, then you would have a very tough second-round matchup, but you would have had a probably a tough second-round matchup regardless because you would have had to play most likely Toronto in the second round of the other side of the bracket. And if I'm not mistaken, Toronto eliminated – or no, um, I'm thinking – They beat them
1: at the last major, though.
0: Yeah, so they beat them at the last major. Toronto is a very talented team on paper. I think that they could – their potential is much higher than what they've even shown now. Like I think that's a really tough matchup regardless. They they did what they should have done. They beat FaZe. They got this first round matchup. Who knows? LAT might be in turmoil just from the from Kenny being away uh due to the illness and stuff, um, to just not having a very good start to their season. We saw last year, they went pretty much three quarters of the season almost before they figured it out and started playing to their potential. Who knows if that'll be the case. Maybe they'll do something similar and they'll have half the season, three quarters of the season where they just can't consistently get things together. And uh, I think Optic, to have as good of a run as they have over the past few weeks with how much has been changing and uh, we didn't even talk about it, but Rambo... Uh, he was revealed to not be the coach of Optic anymore. That's something that happened very silent, like very quietly. It wasn't an announcement of like Rambo's no longer Optic Texas's coach. It was something that was uh, mentioned on, I believe, one of their streams on like Hex's stream or something. Uh, basically, saying the like now- watch party. Yeah, the Scump watch party. So he said like Hex uh, was talking to Rambo and said well, like now that you're not optics coach blah 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 and then Rambo had said that he would do anything to help the team right before that so um, I guess do you have any thoughts on that Uh, this because that was a story heading into their first match without Scump was how would Dashy and Rambo coexist because they've had this very public rivalry like over those you know one or two weeks before then
1: yeah, I, I think the biggest question for me, and it, it seems like you know, there, there's no answer right now. But it's just, if Rambo isn't the coach, who is the head coach? It it sounds like right now they're they're leaning on JP. Which I think JP is a super smart guy, um, really good analyst. But I just don't know if he is the right fit for a head coaching role. And obviously, I could be wrong there because he does have that experience as an analyst, working very closely with teams, and is very good at the stats stuff. So um, he he could make a good head coach. I I don't know if that's the official change or if Optic's going to look to get another head coach. Um, but that's certainly something that I'm interested to learn more about. Um, if not at this major heading into the next set of qualifiers after that, because I feel like um, even last year when they had Rambo and Sender, like they, they still had two coaches. Um, so if they just have JP doing coaching duties, I I feel like that would be a little weird and they would, I, I would be surprised if Optic isn't looking to try to get another another head coach, but at the same time, who knows? Maybe they just ride it out with JP. Especially, I mean, they win this major. Hell, they, they don't have to change anything. So um, I, I guess we'll wait and see. Um, definitely interesting because I think Rambo's uh, just an incredible uh, mind for Call of Duty. Him... TP are just the same type of players who are willing to do the dirty work, and they were able to translate that into uh, being successful coaches who who really have a good good understanding of the game. So um, obviously, depending on when Rainbow actually stepped down has a different impact on Optic's record at this time without him as the coach, but um, they were able to secure the one seed nonetheless. and. Uh, we'll just have to see from here what what happens if Optic does elect to go for another head coach, or if JP enters that role moving forward.
0: There's also no definitive proof that you need, you know, one head coach or that you need someone like Rambo to be your head coach, because Call of Duty was played for so long without. Really, any coaches there was Mr. X, who was a glorified hype man for the most part. I'm sure he helped outside of that, but like the, the tactics were not something that was publicized, like what he was helping them with. Obviously, I think of Hilton to be honest, uh, just like the colorful suits, just yelling at people. Um, there's they're not a lot of uh, like it's really a new thing in Call of Duty for coaches to be. At the center of an organization. And uh, Rambo doubles not as just the coach, but he is in name the general manager of Optic Texas. He has a very long standing relationship with, I'm sure, Hex, but um, you know, very obviously a, a long standing relationship with Hastro uh because of their time in Envy. Um as you know, Hastro, the co founder of Envy. Um even the Empire too. Yeah, and the Empire. There's just like not a... I, I think it's okay to experiment, especially with this roster, with how much like change has been happening. And if there is conflict between Dashi and Rambo, at this point, it is a lot easier to, if not just replace Rambo, just kind of remove him from the situation and allow this team to do what it does in the meantime. If, if they flame out of the Major and dashi uh or or this team just doesn't look like it's going to be able to exist like in a long-term long-term season uh, so to speak then maybe you could probably like reintegrate rambo start to look for a replacement for dashi because i feel like dashi is if if things don't go well at this major or there's just continued drama. I do think he would probably be on borrowed time for the the team because he's been removed twice now. I can't I can't reiterate that enough that he has been be, uh dropped or something for one day in the off season. That's weird by itself. And then he was benched for whatever like a week and then or two weeks or something like that. Uh and then he's reinserted after skump suddenly retires which i'm sure wasn't their plan i don't think they were like huh like just wait we're gonna bench dashy and then a week later we're gonna put him back in the lineup after all this stuff about the bowling crap comes out and we start like having a public feud i i think it's just um it's okay for rambo to take a step back because they don't have any other options for players unless rambo's gonna step up and replace Dashi in the lineup and i just don't think it'll go well uh yeah I, i just i think that it's the easiest solution for them right at the moment for optic to have rambo kind of removed from the equation and then you see what happens with this roster maybe they flourish maybe they fail we'll see i think jp is from everything like i don't know him personally i've never spoken to him but he seems very competent. he's obviously been trusted by optic to even come in as an analyst is something that's probably very big for them they're the biggest organization that's something um like i would trust their judgment on that and it's just um i mean that's how it is but we'll see how it works out if if things don't go well at the major i think there will eventually be changes it just depends on if optic can make these changes because they would have they would have had pred on this roster to start the the split or the stage or whatever, if things had gone according to plan, but they didn't. And now they have a very weird roster that is somehow just doing very, very well, even better than their previous iteration. So I,
1: I don't think it's a weird roster. It, it's, a really it's just a talented weird circumstances roster. around it, It's, this it's weird in that, but I, I think Dashi's here to stay now. Uh, Hex put out a podcast today with, with Dashy and, um, I think there was a clip from Hitch maybe before all this that was saying like essentially that Hex put his foot down and was like, No, Dashi's not leaving, Dashi's coming back in. And and Hex kind of confirmed that. I, I would have to go back and watch it to get the exact I, wording. I did hear that too. Um, but it was essentially it was like, you know, Hex like went to bed, then he woke up the next day, he's like, I'm not letting these players make this decision. Dashi's staying on optic and we'll figure out the rest after that. Um and they were talking in the podcast too, kind of like, you know, Dashi's not old, but um, in, in the context of this current team, he's now the old guy on the on oh, the team, God. and, you know, um... That makes me feel old. <laughs> but they were talking about it in the sense of him having to be the leader, and they were talking about how Scump specifically called him out in his retirement video, having to step up, and, um, so there's there's definitely pressure on Dashing. That was something else they talked about, is how there, there's always pressure on OpTic that's unavoidable, um... But yeah, dude, if anybody hasn't, you know, obviously it came out earlier today. So definitely check that out if you're interested in the whole Dashy situation is like fifty something minutes. Um it was it was a good listen though, and a lot of good tidbits in there too. So I, I think Dashi's here to stay now. Um and I would be surprised even if Optics struggle um at this event, I don't really know how they make another change, especially after they just sign Hook. It would be I feel like it'd be really weird if they drop hook after just one event. Um Maybe if they're somehow able to get pred because Seattle just loses their one match here and get top 12, but from everything we've heard, it doesn't sound like they want to do that, and that's probably going to be a topic for the offseason after the contracts expire and whatnot. Um, I I just think this Optic roster, barring something catastrophic happening, again, I think this is the Optic roster we see for the rest of the season.
0: It's possible. I also think that if Seattle flames out of this major, and maybe Optic doesn't do as well either... That asking price that Seattle was supposedly looking for might go down um, (laughs) because my, my thought on the whole thing, and you can go back to whatever, three episodes ago when we were talking about it, but I essentially said that as long as they feel like they can win a championship, they have to keep Pratt on the roster because he gives them the best possible chance to win a championship if they get top twelve, which is essentially you know losing the first match of the the tournament after being zero and twelve in online search, maybe at that time Seattle kind of comes back to the the negotiations and they say, hey Hector, uh, we have this very nice Australian player. He he's Australian, right? Not New Zealand.
1: Uh I don't know to be
0: honest. I don't want to offend anybody, but I think he's Australian. But he's a a world class player, one of the best in the league, rookie of the year. Um we were willing to uh you know sell his contract to you for however much. I think there's a there's a possibility that happens, but like you said, it's probably the case that Optic sticks with this roster at least for a little bit. Um, because they did show so much potential in the online matches that even maybe one bad performance at major two might not be the catalyst for a roster change. But it it's very weird, like the idea that Dashy, you know, like when Hex says like I you know, or, you know, I, I don't I don't want to put words in your mouth, but the idea that Hex was the one to come in and say like no, Dashi is he's staying. It's like, what other choice did you have then? Like I, like I'm unless you're, you can convince scup to stick around for a little bit longer. Like there's no other p- player out there like that. You probably could get on such short notice to fill into this roster. Like I, I think it was, that was really their only option. Like I would have been very surprised to see anything else come about. Like he obviously got benched not once, but he got dropped, I guess the first time, like, there's, there is some conflict within this team that maybe they can get over through winning. We've seen it in the past, complexity hated each other. The optic, the dynasty team with formal karma, Krim, and scump, they hated each other. If they would have lost a panda at whatever Dallas that one year, they would have broken up on the spot. I don't know if it was Dallas, but it was Elena. Atlanta. Yeah, they before they ever won a world championship, they would have broken up because they didn't like each other and then it played out uh like down the line where they started getting into these beefs and you know, they've seemed to for the most part squash those beefs now, but um not to get too much off track, but yeah, I I just think there there seems to be conflict within this team and I think the conflict will rise if or when they start having issues again, Uh, like specifically in game, like losing, because I think winning fixes a lot of things as you know, you're a Tom Brady fan. The relationship between uh, Brady and Belichick was probably not all that great for many years, (laughs) but it was okay as long as they were winning Super Bowls. But when they lose to the Titans in the playoffs, then it's kind of like, all right, maybe we're not too good together. And Brady finds himself in Tampa Bay. Like, like, i I think that there's there's conflict bubbling beneath the surface. It just turn, like the heat is essentially just whether they lose or not and uh I guess we'll see that's what makes this major so interesting to me
1: they Dashi did talk about it on the podcast. He didn't go into specifics of the conversations, but he said after he was informed I, I'm pretty sure he said it was after hex told him like he was back, um but he had to talk to like uh. Inder, uh, Illy, and Shotzi. Um, and he said he had, like, 45-minute conversations with both of them and hashed stuff out. And, and obviously this was before these matches. And... Um, Tough to take anything away from limited sample size, but um, if those conversations did go well, you know, bury the hatchet, however you want to word it, they could let bygones be, guy, be bygones, put it behind them, and, and try to move on. Especially now, now the goal shifts for optic, right? They originally this entering the season, the goal is to uh, at minimum try to win one more championship for Scump, and and now the the goal is win a championship for scump without scump on the team. Um, because that's just a really cool storyline that this team was able to pull it off with uh, uh, the mid season retirement of arguably one of the greatest players of all time. Yeah.
0: It's a, uh, I mean, Shaq said it very well in 2010, when he joined the Cavs, he was there to win a ring for the King. He was absolute butt cheeks when he was with the Cavs though, because he was very old and very injured uh, but you know that's Optic's goal. I'm sure they should probably should trademark that winner ring for the king. Um, it's a it's a, a pretty good. They could sell T-shirts and stuff. Maybe I should trademark well, I we that. We do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, I mean, we'll send you out into Boston this week. We'll have you go to some T-shirt shop in Boston, print out like a thousand T-shirts, winter ring for the king, and and we'll we'll make so much money. Um. Yeah, so that's probably enough OpTic talk. Uh, We've been talking about OpTic a lot, uh, and I guess deservedly so, just all the stuff that's been happening over the past few weeks. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on who you think is going to win this major because you talked about how unpredictable it is, how unconfident you feel in pretty much every single one of these teams and their their potential for major two. But if I put you on the spot and I said, Bink, you have to pick one team – to win the major two while you are in their presence. So maybe you're a, a good or bad luck charm for one of these teams. Who do you think walks away with the major two championship?
1: Uh, I mean, not to get too off topic, but the last event I went to was cod champs, 2018 uh, and is coming Greenwell back. He's going to win major game, two. know <laughs> <laughs> that one didn't go too well for him. So uh, no, but in all seriousness, I, I, I do still feel this is a very tough one to predict. Uh, gun to my head, I gotta pick one team, I gotta go with FaZe, so you know, tried and true pick. Um, but I could see a world where Optic, New York, Toronto, and FaZe, one of those four, is lifting the trophy at the end of the event. And obviously, you know, last year major two exactly, or a little less than a year ago because of the uh, time shift in the schedule, but uh, we had one of the arguably one of the biggest upsets in CDL history with LAG winning the turn the major two last year, so uh, who knows, major, maybe Major 2 just has something with it and in CDL and another surprise team. Maybe Seattle will go on a wild loser's bracket run and just take the whole thing. You never know. Um, but, yeah, I, I think yeah, I got to pick one team and go in phase, but um, definitely question marks around even them and you know question marks around a lot of these teams, so it's going to be tough. But there's a lot of cool storylines I could see. Like I said, those four teams I named, uh, one of those four teams definitely has the potential to list it at the end um it's just gonna come down to really who shows up um and notably kind of like you said apparently some flight there's some flight issues and flights getting cancelled That could throw a wrench into all of this um hopefully it doesn't and hopefully all the players are able to make the event so because you know god forbid we're talking about optic winning this tournament and optic isn't even able to show up and they got to play with random players villain squad or I don't even know what would happen to that scenario but um let's just hope it doesn't come to that and all the squads are able to be there so we see the uh high octane matches that we're anticipating
0: yeah um yeah the the flights and I think they're I mean we have quite a few people uh at dot that work out of Austin and I think it was last year maybe two years ago where they had that really uh, severe like deep freeze uh situation where people's um power uh, was out because the grid was overloaded and you know just so many things happening so hopefully everything is okay down there people you know are able to have power and be safe and whatnot and uh, as for call of duty hopefully everybody's able to get to boston dallas is quite a bit of ways from boston massachusetts um i mean maybe it'll be an old uh, old school road trip where guys pack into a little car and drive cross country to go to a land I mean, I don't think the the CDL players want to do that, but it's something that could happen, it it might need to happen um if if things aren't worked out some way. Um as as for my pick, I think FaZe is a pick that you could al- you can always make. It's probably until the end of the CDL, uh just with the way they've been playing, it it's very hard to pick against them. I I'm I'm split between two teams right now and it's Optic and Toronto um I think and Optic of course beat Toronto in the online uh qualifier Toronto beat Optic in the first major I think it I'm leaning toward Toronto um and I I'll I'll plant my flag and say so ultra or whatever their stupid hashtag is uh I think they win major 2 but like you I'm very not confident in anything that I'm picking. I think it, what we learned from the the first major of the season is that the most recent online performances seem to have a little bit of like a factor or like it shows what teams are good or not. We saw Seattle and uh, New York both teams had very poor starts to the first majors uh qualifying matches and then i think they both finished on like a little bit of a high at the end i know new york did maybe seattle didn't yeah um but like i think that does say something like the momentum of it the maybe just the confidence that comes with uh clicking at the right time and going into a major where i mean let's face it like not a lot of teams will have any practice for almost a week going into this other than boston boston can like Kind of chill out because they don't have to travel to this event uh, because they're based out of Boston, if I'm not mistaken, right? I believe so, yeah. So th- they don't have to travel for it, but every other team does. And that travel cuts into practice time. I just think like Toronto has looked really good in this series of qualified matches. Optic has also looked very good. And they played each other and Optic came out on top. But I don't think like the individual Like games necessarily matter. It's more of a trend at the moment. And Optic losing to Vegas was a little worrisome to me because Vegas is really bad in respawn, like really bad. And I am a little more confident that Toronto is more steady. They're more consistent. So I'm going to go with the Toronto Ultra, but I could see literally six different teams winning this um, there are just so many factors at play here that it's very hard to pick one team or the other.
1: And, I mean, just to play devil's advocate with that pick, we just saw this match between Toronto and LAG. Um, there was a lot of trash talk between, well, not even necessarily between, just, just coming from Scrappy as expected, but especially directed towards Joe Deceives. Um And bringing up an old clip of Scrappy saying Joe Deceives didn't even deserve his sub spot, um, and then in the post-game interview after Toronto beat LAG, he called Joe DeCesare. He, he said he doesn't beef with shit stains, and uh, uh, spent, uh, essentially calling Joe DeCesare a shit stain. So uh, this is going to be the first match after that. Maybe that's a little extra fire to the fuel for Joe DeCesare to come out in his first land match in the CDL, um, trying to prove a point. And you know who knows there, there there could be some extra fireworks in that one. So that that I think that's just one example of. Um, how exciting especially all four of these opening round matchups are in my view
0: um so that kind of does it for our major two preview before we get out of here let's uh just quickly i want to pose a question because daniel say the the gm the commissioner whatever his official title is of the cdl like the he's the roger goodell of the cdl essentially um he announced that uh he and Spence are gonna do another community update uh tomorrow. So it'll be today uh when you're listening to this um or yesterday if you don't listen to it before the major. Um so they they are going to talk about the major four location and you know where it's going to be because that's the only event other than champs that has not been confirmed. Um of course this one is in Boston. The first major was in why am I blanking on the a rally. Um, uh I believe Texas is major 3 yep. and then major 5 is Toronto. Toronto. Yeah. Yep. So major 4 and champs have not been confirmed uh for their location. Um where do you want major 4 to be? I think we talked about this offline, but let's get it on a podcast. Where would you prefer if we have the other ones, we have a Toronto and Texas and uh, Raleigh and stuff, and now Boston, where you're going, where would you like this fourth major to be?
1: I think you were the one who brought it up in our conversation, so I'm not not trying to steal it, but I think the idea of having Anaheim as a uh, location for Major 4, Anaheim's one of the most iconic uh MLG event locations in the past, and obviously we haven't had a CDL event in Anaheim, but it's just an, an iconic location event for uh, Call of Duty Esports in the history of the game. I think that would be really cool for Anaheim, um, so or just for this season in general, especially since we saw, you know, the a non-franchise location in Raleigh for Major 1. It, it kind of opens the door for the potential of an Anaheim event. Mm-hmm. Um so in my eyes, I think ideal scenario would be Anaheim for Major 4 and then Vegas for Champs just cuz I think Vegas at cha- Champs at Vegas would be so much fun and it would be so awesome. Um unfortunately, I feel like the more likely scenario is Major 4 is at a CDL franchise location for one of these teams if they were just able to, you know, put a bid in and uh quickly find a last minute location for it and then Champs will most likely probably be in California again.
0: But yeah. Please no! I'm so tired of champs in LA. Like they, they need to stop. They're torturing us. I, I, mean, I'm not going to any of these events. But I, I think like it's such a missed opportunity to not have one Europe event a year. Like I'm not saying that every year you need to have like you know half your tournaments in NA, half your tournaments in in Europe. But I think it's like L- London is. Uh, one of the best crowds in the CDL a lot of people love it I think that the the opportunity is there to have at least one major in London or if you can't fit one major in London in like five majors you should just keep adding majors until you can fit London in like it'd be nice if we could have like you know whatever 10 majors or 11 majors or something just because we could go to each of these these cities And then have champs or something.
1: You're talking about the OG home series plan before COVID. They were very (laughs) ambitious.
0: They were trying to go to every city (laughs) twice a year and then go champs. Like, I mean, I don't know what they were thinking at the moment, but, um, but yeah, I'm being unrealistic. I I do think Anaheim would be a very good choice for it. Um, It was typically a summer event in like June or July. Um, Anaheim is very close to Los Angeles where two of the CDL teams are located. I mean, it's, I mean, it's so close that the angels do that stupid thing where the Los Angeles angels of Anaheim, like it's, it's close enough. So you could just say that it's in Southern California and it's a home series essentially for LAG and LAT. Um, and it would get rid of a hopefully the possibility of champs in LA because that's very boring. I like when champs moved around. I mean, I would have never went to champs 2018 if it wasn't in Columbus. Um, I believe you went to champs in Orlando at, uh, in 20. No, you didn't. So tw- uh, I believe that was what 2016 was in Orlando. No, uh, 2016
1: was in LA. That was the first and then time. Then
0: 2017, I went
1: to. Orlando. 20, 2017. No. Which one what was, was 20- it? In-
0: Wonderful I think Black Ops Four was
1: in Orlando. I think it was after Columbus.
0: Okay. Yeah. So.
1: Might have been no, because Optic didn't win in Orlando. I'm gonna have to
0: look it up. Uh, yeah. But yeah, champs sure. moved around a few times, but it's mostly been in Southern California, and sometimes in other locations. Just look it up there on Scump's page. Uh, championship.
1: I'll we'll have twenty seventeen. It's twenty seventeen or twenty or twenty nineteen. I don't have fair pack because I was at sixteen and eighteen, and I definitely wasn't in Orlando.
0: <laughs> twenty seventeen was in Orlando. Okay. Twenty sixteen. So would it? Have been in sixteen in, was in LA. Yeah, in LA. Yeah. So, so look at look up where nineteen was because
1: now I don't know where nineteen was.
0: Nineteen would have been uh, LA. So they they've moved around venues in LA, but or I guess technically yeah, the yeah. forum is in Inglewood or whatever. Who cares? Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's it sucks. It is horrible. Uh, it's essentially like a like no n- like champ should not be like a home series for anybody. Like it shouldn't be a hometown game for LAT or LAG. So like let's eliminate that. Let's eliminate any of these uh, other teams' locations. So that opens up like orlando because i don't consider florida to be like i don't think they own all of orlando and i don't think that texas should own uh, optic should own all of texas like if they wanted to do something like in houston i think that's okay because we we think of it as dallas because that's where they play that's where they're located and that's where the empire were like i uh but if they did it in like chicago that would be sweet i mean there haven't been very many events in chicago Uh, other than the infamous UMG Chicago where uh, Aix pushed Nate or yeah, Aix pushed Nate shot. Um, Maybe I would be cool with even another Columbus event. I would prefer. Yeah. I
1: I could see them wanting to do major four at Columbus just on the, this, you know, last minute situation. Maybe no, no franchise were able to come up with. Um, a last minute venue and, and they just default to Columbus because they have like the production studio and everything there. So it might yeah. be easy for them. Um, it would be cool if, if chance was in Columbus again. I, mean, I would
0: come back for, I would come back to Columbus for chance. That was fun last time. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. I think I'd probably go. It seems like a missed opportunity. You better. Not. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think there are a lot of opportunities for this major four venue. Um, I, Would prefer it to be Anaheim or London. I don't really care about any other location, to be honest. Um, Even though I do think Minnesota is very deserving. They put on good events before. I think most people liked how they've done the previous events. Um, But they've also... It's been kind of recent. I'd be okay with Seattle. Like, the idea of just, like, going to these new locations. Um, I don't keep one... Like, I think a lot of these teams deserve it to have a major and some of these teams are probably not very interested in hosting a major. I'm sure Vegas is not putting up a ton of money to, <laughs> to host a major. Um, but it, I, I just want something different. I don't want to go to Toronto and LA and Texas all the time. Like, let's just do something new. We already did something new with Raleigh, a very classic MLG location. Let's do another classic. Let's just put it on full sales campus and then Optic will be shaking in their boots. They're not going to be able to handle it. Um, but yeah, I, I that I think that does it for our preview. Um, we've talked about quite a bit, went a little bit over, but these previews are usually a little bit longer than our, our typical episode. Um, anything you got before we get out of here?
1: You want to just do our, our four picks for the first round now?
0: Uh, yeah. Let me, um, so I'm going to go with, uh, I'll just do my four picks real quick. Yeah. Optic, uh, New York, Toronto and phase.
1: Yeah. I'm doing the same thing, which means it's inevitably going to be wrong, but all four, I, I, that's what I'm talking about. Like that, that's it. Those feel like, uh, it feels a little chalky to pick all four of those teams, but you know.
0: Yeah, you give a I'm lot of gonna... stick to to Jim for being chalky with the NFL playoffs. You can't be doing it with the the CDL majors.
1: But that's a, I, like I can feel I I can I can see a world where some of these teams beat these other teams that we just picked, but. It just doesn't make sense to go against them in this current form that we've seen. So, I, I don't know. I, I It's inevitable that an upset's going to happen. So, I feel like at least one of those picks is going to be wrong. Um, but those are the four teams I mentioned a couple minutes ago that I think have the potential to win the tournament. So, um, I can't really not pick them to win their first opening matchup.
0: Yeah, I think I would be the most surprised if Boston beat FaZe. Um, but that's also not like out of the realm of possibility because I think Boston's actually pretty good.
1: <laughs> I think I would be the most surprised if Minnesota beat New York. And again, we're, we're sitting here talking about Minnesota beat Seattle, Seattle just beat New York. So that's what I'm saying. And anything can happen. I feel like more than more so than in the past where we've said anything can happen.
0: Yeah, definitely uh, tune into to major 2 uh, it'll be on Twitch on the call of duty channel, or you could, I'm assuming uh, I did skump confirm that he's going to be in Boston or if he's going to do a watch party from Texas or something. Um, I'm
1: I'm pretty sure they're going, but obviously like you mentioned with the flight cancellations, who really knows what's going on.
0: So um, probably a lot of interesting uh, storylines to come out of this major and we'll cover all of them uh, next week when we come back for the podcast. And uh, yeah, so make sure to subscribe or like or follow the podcast feed wherever you're listening or watching on. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube. Uh, also, make sure to give us a five-star rating on anywhere you listen to. Uh, follow us on Twitter. He's at jbink with 2 ks and I am at prezbyers uh, on Twitter. And the the podcast Twitter is at Ego Podcast. The next show uh, tentatively scheduled for February 9th, February 10th. Um, Bink is going to Boston as we mentioned so uh he's going to be traveling uh what you're traveling Monday back uh, back to Connecticut. Yeah. So um maybe a later podcast than usual during the week maybe like Thursday uh uh, po- uh possibly um depending on how things go if Bink is completely exhausted from cheering his heart out for the Vegas Legion in Boston. <laughs>
1: I mean, we should be able to do it Tuesday night barring, you know, anything, but yeah, we'll, we'll obviously just keep you guys posted on when the next show is after the major.
0: Yep. And uh, if you just follow the podcast feed, it'll show up whenever we end up uploading it. Uh, this podcast should, you know, go up in the, uh, I usually do it like right after midnight. So uh, I, I think that's the best way to do it. Um, and uh, before I turn it over to Bink, uh, I do want to thank all of our fans for, our, you know, Supporters, fans seems a little strong of a word, but you know <laughs> our our YouTube viewers uh, have been killing it uh, on our latest YouTube videos. Uh, the last two have been like our most watched, I think, YouTube videos ever, other than maybe like one during last season. Uh, and that's really cool. Um, very unexpected, to be honest. But uh, just, uh, you know, I want to thank you guys. And our podcast listenership is, I think, higher at this point in the season than it was last year. And that's even after having several weeks off, which uh, I really appreciate. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening and watching. So take it away.
1: Yep, what he said. Thank you, guys, (laughs) as always, for tuning in. Um, Hopefully, like Preston said, with me being at the major, I'm I'm planning on trying to get as much uh, interviews and written content out as possible. So whatever I'm able to do, you can check it out on Twitter. Twitter.esports.com. And even if I'm not able to get – a ton of written content out. My hope is that I'm able to, you know, uh, be around the players and, and have f- interviews to get more of an inside look um, and, and just have some more of that, you know, just, I guess inside look is still the best way to describe it. Just, just have some more feedback to give you guys on on what some of the stuff is going on, a little more behind the scenes. Um, then, you know, we would have access to if I wasn't at the event or wasn't going. But um, I'm really excited. It's my first event, like we were just saying, since uh, COD Champs 2018. So I'm looking forward to getting back into the action there. And um, as we've talked about throughout this whole show, we're expecting it to be uh, a really exciting and interesting major. So I hope you guys are tuned in and enjoy the matches. And I hope you guys will come back here Uh, whenever we do our next show to uh, listen to whatever we have to say about what happens. So thank you guys as always. And remember to send the chow.